Now that Queer Writers of Crime is back from hiatus, we're doing something a little different. Every week there is a guest interview, and then a few days later, there is a book recommendation episode. So rather than have them together, they are now split. Now, those of you that have missed Justine, she is back. She agreed to be here once a month. So she and two other people that will be recommending books will be rotating the slot. So this is the first one of the second episode of the week, a book recommendation episode. Steve Neil Johnson and the final book in his L.A. After Midnight Quartet. Hit it. It's time to put on your sleuthing cap, feel nail-biting dread, and face heart-racing fear. This is Queer Writers of Crime, where you'll get book recommendations and hear interviews with LGBTQ authors of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. Here's your host, Brad Shree. Hi, and welcome to Queer Writers of Crime. I'm Brad, and this is our weekly book recommendation episode. We'll be doing these each week, a couple of days after the author interviews. And if you want details, hang on to the end, and I'll give you a more thorough explanation. Or if you'd want to do yourself a favor, just click the follow button, and you don't have to worry about it at all. But for you regular listeners, you'll be excited to know who I have this week, Justine is here to give this week's recommendation. She's back. Welcome back, Justine. Huzzah! I'm here. Yes. Many will be excited to back. Even it's not going to be as often, folks. Uh, Justine did agree to come back at least once a month to do a book recommendation. And my expectation, I can't guarantee it because it all depends on when we record. My expectation is she will be on the first week of every month. But don't hold me to that. Okay. Okay. All right. So what are you going to talk about to start out this new system I have going here? Well, I've got a, a brand new book by Steve Neal Johnson. As people may remember, I reviewed the, or recommended the first book in his L.A. After Midnight Quartet. First book was The Yellow Canary. And it took him several years after the third book. Six. I believe it's seven. Six. Yep. Okay. Six years between the third and the fourth book. And there were times when I wondered if it was still coming out. And he, he finally published the fourth book, Red Raven. The quartet follows two men, Jim Blake and uh, an attorney in, from the DA's office, Paul. And when they first meet, Paul is a DA, a deputy DA, and, and Jim is a police officer and between the two of them when they get out it it eventually wrecks both of those careers and by this fourth book they are a lawyer in private practice and then a private investigator the book follows them through the decades the first one is set in the 50s the 60s the 70s and this one is set in the 80s each book is set in a moment in time they come together and then they are apart by the end of the book but they run into each other every decade or so. This last book is set in the 80s during the, the height of the AIDS crisis. And, you know. And don't don't tell me this, but I'm presuming since it's all, it was called, what, the L.A. Noir Quartet? Or? Uh, after Midnight, L.A. After Midnight. Okay. Since it was called Quartet, I want you to tell me, I'm going to guess that things kind of get tied up at the end. But that's a guess, so go on. Yeah, they do get tied up at the end. They do get okay. tied up at the end. Um, <laughs> all right. The fourth book is set in the, you know, I run Requeer Tales along with Alexander and, and Matt, 
And, you know, we publish a lot of books from that era. Those authors, a lot of them died during that era. But if you're of the modern era and you don't read a lot from that time, I think this book is going to be uh, troubling. They, they visit patients in the AIDS wards. Their main characters are, many of them, the not necessarily Jim and Paul, but the other characters that they meet, the suspects and their social circle. Many of them are HIV positive, and many of them are dying in the hospital. It's set against that backdrop. They And I do, if I can interject, I've shared on this show many times, I was a very young adult during the during that whole period. Yes. I was sheltered in the Carolinas. Yes. And so the whole day crisis was this thing that I kept hearing about going on in the world. And it was through reading Michael Navas and some other books, and I'm sure Steve's book, that I really got an understanding and became appreciative as well as very saddened yeah. by what happened. And kind of sad that I'm, I missed out on it because I felt like I should have been there. But if you're not from that era, this sounds like a good book to learn about. Yeah, hmm? yeah. Um, yeah they're in, so when they're involved in the local ACT UP group, Paul has a, a business partner and a life partner. Together they take on... Um, gay rights cases, people who die of AIDS, and then their partner's parents don't want them to visit them in the hotel room. And those sort of pro bono, they work closely with the ACT UP group. And the crime centers around the the CEO of the blood bank, the one, one of the local blood bank you know, resale companies, not the American Red Cross, clearly. And he is found in a hot tub in a bathhouse uh, with his throat slit. So, you know, Body in a Bathhouse, that reminds me of another book. But there, there's, that's really where the, the similarities end. I mean, the book starts with them finding a body in the bathhouse. Well, they both had their th- th- throat slit as well. Yes, yes. And, and in fact, you know, people might have suspected that Steve was copying from you or you were copying from Steve. If, uh, and I will, I will set that uh, notion to rest. Neither one of you talked to the other about the books. No, we did not. Uh, and there certainly, you know, it was just an amusing coincidence when I started reading the book. It's a great book. It ties up a lot of storylines in the previous quartet. It's got that noir feeling of the previous books. The murder is intriguing, and the various suspects and the MacGuffin of the piece all tie together well. It is a creature of the times in which the novel is set. As as you know, and, and many of our listeners know, Steve recently died of cancer, and I suspect that experience may have added some gravitas to how the characters feel about death. That's just speculation, but I think some of that comes through. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I, I don't think I am. You are sharing what you got from it, which is what your job is. Right. You got it. So it, uh, let's see. I don't think that it fits into a lot of the other categories. What, what, what did I use the, the well-written category for? What did I call that? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. I didn't know if you were going to continue your classification. I, did, I did not think I was going to continue it, and then I didn't look it up. I will just say that it is a well-written, gritty. I mean, gritty must have been a category. Gritty novel. It's my gritty recommendation. And that doesn't surprise me. He does write gritty. He does very much write gritty. When he was on the show, and I shared this a few weeks ago when I did a special episode, Steve, when Steve was a guest on the show, I 
teased him because there were only three books out of a Couture Quartet. And <laughs> it had been quite some time since book number three. And mm-hmm. he's like, don't go there, you know, whatever. Yeah. He was very embarrassed. So I was so excited that when I heard the final book came out, I'm very sad that he died a few months later. Yeah. But I am glad, at least on my part, there was some closure there. Yes, I'm, I'm pleased with that. So speaking of authors who have died with uh, their last book, Grant Michaels did a Dan Krejcik series, and he published six books before he died. But there was a seventh book laying around that had not been published by the time he died. And Recreated Tales tracked it down, discovered the manuscript at the Boston Athenaeum, got the rights to it, and we are republishing, or not republishing, what am I talking about? We are publishing for the very, very first time a brand new Grant Michaels book, Dosey Doe with Death, and it's available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Awesome. That's great. And in connection with that, we're going to be releasing the whole series um, a few at a time in paperback, so people will be able to get the collection and put it up on their shelves. Oh, in paperback, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is, is that new for Requeered, or have you done some others We've done some others in paperback, and we decided, you know, we hadn't started out doing paperbacks, and Grant Michaels was one of the very first authors that we published. And we decided that we wanted to wait until we got the brand new book out to really start releasing those in paperback so we could make a whole event of it. And if you're new listening to this show, Requeered Tales, Justine and two others, Alexander and Matt, got together and formed a company called Requeered Tales, and they are taking out-of-print queer novels, mostly mystery, but not all, and are republishing for your enjoyment to read so they aren't lost forever, which I think is fantastic. I'm still thrilled that you guys are doing this. I think it's a, a gift to many people. And so if you sign up for the weekly newsletter, not only will you get a free book, not from Requeered Tales, but you'll get a free book, each week in the newsletter, there will be something special about from you, Waker Tales, either telling you what's coming up or, or stuff that's going on. So sign up for that. Sounds good. I'll see you next month at this point. Well, let's hang on. I want to tell people, I oh. told people at the beginning, I'm going to explain what, what the new format is. So each week, there's going to be two episodes. There will be a guest interview. And then later in the week, there will be a second book recommendation episode. And it'll be shorter, obviously. The recommendations are going to be given by a small group of rotating individuals. Despite Justine's maddening schedule, as I said, she has agreed to do one each month. So that's kind of what's going to be happening. You'll fall into place and start to understand as we go along. But as I said earlier, do yourself a favor and don't worry about any of this. Click the follow button. And then whenever the app says you got an episode, just listen to the episode. You're going to, you know you're going to want to anyway. Why should you put a bunch of charts on the wall to figure it out? <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure they'll all have charts just for nostalgia purposes. (laughs) Because this show is so important, don't we know? That's right. All right. Well, it's good to see you again, and I'm glad to have you back. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad the whole show is returned. You can get more information about episodes, plus scoops on book releases and promotions by LGBTQ crime authors each and every week. Simply head over to QueerWritersOfCrime.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you wait until this episode is over, you may forget, so Brad made it easy and put the link right here in the show notes. 
Need a little nudge? Click it now and you'll also get a free ebook by one of a select group of outstanding authors. That makes not subscribing just plain silly. It's all yours at QueerWritersOfCrime.com.